right. Gather around everyone and uh, listen to a tale of a fantasy Premier League called the Corporate Global Fantasy Premier League. Um, my name is Taylor. My name is Evan. And we are here at the tail end of game week 19. Um, having just come through a double game week that, uh, you know, gave to some of us and took away from some of us, so to speak. Um, so we'll be talking uh, quite a bit about that. But first of all, how are you doing, Evan? I'm doing swell. How are you, Taylor? All right. Um, I think we were talking about this before we started uh, podcasting, you know, as we do. Um, and it might be a little bit of, a, of an unhinged one. So I hope y'all are holding on to your seats because uh, who knows where this will go. But we certainly don't. That seems to be the case um, every single week. Um, Evan, before we talk about the, um, corporate global league, um, which saw some, some shakeups, which I think we'll talk about and, um, some really interesting things happening there. I want to get your read on the premier league as a whole right now. And specifically, um, just the, kind of changeability of the league from week to week and the uncertainty around especially in the top half of the table which teams are good and which teams aren't good um i want to know if you are enjoying it or if you are not enjoying it and i i ask that because some of the stuff i've been reading has been pretty like effusive about how much they're enjoying this wide open of the league at the moment and the fact that it seems uh, kind of there for the taking for any team um, and I want to know if you feel that way whether it's like you are enjoying the kind of wide openness or whether um, you feel some other way about it yeah um, uh, well I guess there's a couple of perspectives from a fantasy perspective I hate it yeah because everything is just so wild and uncertain that it's really hard to pick players um, and then also pick players and stick with them to see through some, you know, good fixtures. Like, it's just, it's hard to chop and change like that. It just makes the game a lot more difficult. Um, so from that perspective, um, it, it's, I don't enjoy it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the stability, or at least the stability makes the game a little bit easier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would say as a fan of, of the Premier League, and just a spectator, um, I love it. It's it's, uh, I think it's great. Um, I think this might be biased because I'm an Everton supporter, and so it's always the clash. Of, you know, for a, a so long, Everton was known as the best of the rest. So it's like you have the top six, and then everyone else, um, kind of falls in behind in whatever order. And I think that having a big shakeup this year is nice um, and it's refreshing and um, we don't know how the table is going to finish from top to bottom. We don't know, except maybe Sheffield finishing last. Um, <laughs> other than that, there's nothing, there's nothing in stone. Whereas normally it's, you know, who the top six is going to be. And uh, yeah, I find it, I find it fascinating. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. I think it makes, it makes it a lot more fun to watch. And I think, Honestly, it changes that dynamic of the Premier League in a way that I think fans probably aren't even really used to. Mm -hmm. Um, 
just given teams like maybe Villa um, or West Ham that have like really climbed the table um, when they're so used to being like a solid mid-table team. um, Yeah, so I think everybody's trying to get used to it, but I think everyone's enjoying it for the most part. Um, Even supporters for big clubs, I think, while they'll probably be disappointed in some of their performances, like from Liverpool and City, and we'll get to that later, but um, I still think supporters from from those clubs should still probably feel excited about this season just because it's so um, wide open. What do you think? Yeah, no, I totally agree with you on a lot of those points. Um, And I think in theory, I really like the kind of open-endedness of things and the fact that, you know, as an example, Man United now sits atop the league where three weeks ago we were basically writing them off. And at least I was predicting that Solskjaer would be sacked within, you know, a couple of weeks. And so, <laughs> and right. so <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, <laughs> I think I, I ordered, <laughs> I ordered the, the managerial sackings as I think I said Arteta, Solskjaer, and then, uh, Lampard. I don't remember who I said the third one was going to be. Surely um, Frank, right? This was when Chelsea was doing well, though. And that's the point, right? Oh, uh, like, okay. Yeah. Like, just not that long ago, we were giving them praise for having, like, come through the period of, of you know, betting in the new players and starting to play well. And obviously, that's start starting to kind of fall apart. Um, so, in theory, I love it. I think in practice, I like it a little bit less in the sense that like there just doesn't seem to be a lot of like logic to like, you know, how teams are doing other than like a lot of teams seem to be very tired and that is affecting the quality of the games a little bit, I think. Oh, okay. That's a good point. Um, And so it makes it a little bit harder to read. So like, for example, the Liverpool Man United game that happened last weekend, um, I think should have been one of the most interesting games of the season so far, but both teams kind of, it seemed like decided that they were fine with a zero zero draw <laughs> and didn't want to waste the, the kind of energy of their players on trying to win that game. And instead we're going to try to like, you know, beat the smaller clubs. Um, so like, again, I think a lot of me really likes it, but there is a small part of me that is just like, having trouble like grasping any kind of, you know, sense from what's happening or like gleaning any kind of sense from what's happening, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. No, that's a good point. I do think the quality has dropped overall, um, which, which has led to why the league is so open. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, it would be nice. It would be nice for things to, to go back to normal, even just from a scheduling standpoint. Um, so whenever we get to that. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah. That will feel, I think that will feel better. Um, and hopefully teams will be able to prepare more and um, have, you know, have at least uh, somewhat of a structured game plan that they can follow through on. I don't know. Yeah. It does seem it's just chaotic. And I, yeah, I totally get the chaos kind of is, um, makes it a little less appealing as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We'll just kind of have to see how it 
ends up. I think, I still think that the best teams are going to finish at the top, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, I think maybe, I would say from the traditional top six, I think only there will probably be four of the six in the top six. Okay. So I don't think it's going to be anything like there's only like United and city in the top six or so, you know, it's like, there's not, I think there four, maybe even five of the six are still going to be up at the top. So I think it'll end up being pretty more traditional, but the way we get there is not going to be. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with that. I think I mostly agree with that. I don't think Arsenal is going to finish in the top six. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, I think it depends whether or not Chelsea does. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't see anyone robbing Leicester of their top six spot at the moment. Um, yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I don't think so either, as long as they can continue form. Um, and I think that's – they I think they finished – pretty poorly last season yeah because they were like in second and then they dropped like fifth or sixth or something Mm -hmm. um so if they do it it just depends on how consistent they're going to be it basically there it's theirs for the take theirs for the taking and theirs for the losing so um hopefully everton end up being this the sixth um but yeah i think i think it'll be fairly similar to what we've seen in previous seasons as far as the table goes up at the top totally yeah and uh just a quick plug uh for the uh italian league if anyone is interested in watching some Serie A, there is an amazing title race going on there right now um talk about narrative um with ac milan atop the table and Juventus all the way down in sixth right now pretty wild stuff hmm so wow. if you want if you want some uh, a title race with a little bit more a little bit more logic <laughs> logic to it maybe <laughs> try try Syria. Oh man! All right, uh, do you want to go ahead and get into it, Evan? Do you want to run us down the corporate global um, table? Yeah, let me do that. Um, all right, so the corporate global fantasy Premier League table is as follows. Who else? Lords of Soccer Ball, Jerry Groth, Jay Griffith, still at the top, holding on for dear life. He moment. really is. He is just clawing. <laughs> just yeah. I can see. I can see the. Cliff. I can see the fingernail scrapes on the the edge of the cliff. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he's got a total of uh, one thousand sixty points, um, and a game week points total of sixty one. So um, he's still up there. Um, but you are shortly behind um, Apple Inc. official Taylor Hare at 1,053 points, just seven points behind um, Jay, who's up at the top. Um, and you had a total of 63 points, but you had a negative eight point hit, a yeah. negative eight points hit. So that had you not taken that, you know, I don't know if you still would have gotten the 63 points, but it's interesting that you're down by seven and you took an eight a negative eight so yeah i think i would have i think i would have had more points actually (laughs) Um, (laughs) oh no i i I took a a couple of extra transfers to set up for my bench boost and i got a total of five points from my bench i'm gonna come back to that in a second um (laughs) so and then t 
10 points be- behind you is William Spicer, the Bruce Matthews, excuse me, the Bruce Matthews. Thank you. At, at 1,043 points. Um, had a total of 74 points this week. He triple captain Fernandez, which um, wasn't great, um, but it ended up catapulting him, um, you know, higher up, um, you know, closer to you at least. Mm-hmm. Um, and then behind him, we have Wyatt Keener with winner of winter faces with a thousand and fifteen points. So a pretty big drop off there um, from Spicer. Uh, Wyatt ended up having a total of seventy one points. He started the week, the double week, the double game week slowly, um, and then racked it up towards the end. Um, mm-hmm. So that um, moved him up to fourth, um, or kept him at fourth. I don't remember which. Um, <laughs> and then. Uh, I'm trailing him by eight points. Evan Estes, Ancelotti, Antipasti, 1,007 points. I had a very piss poor game week of 55 points, the lowest out of everyone. Yeah, we're um, going to have to talk about that. Yeah. And then uh, old Timmy Griffith in sixth place had an amazing game week of 85 points. Um, and he's got a total of 940. So still hasn't cracked the 1,000 mark, Tim. Um, but he is uh, only 67 points away from <laughs> his next opponent. So uh, not terrible, not great, definitely not great, but he's, he's been in worse positions. So it was good to see him make up a little bit of ground this, uh, this double game week. Um, yeah. So I guess let me go back to what I was, what we were talking about with your bench boost. Um Yeah. I mean, we don't have, uh, sound, we don't sound, have to talk about this. It sounds, just from the just from the tone in your voice uh, when you said that, it sounds like uh, you weren't too happy with it. And Mm-mm. you you seemed pretty okay with bench boosting, with only a couple players expected to play from your bench. Um, I think one or maybe two of those were gonna were were double game league players, but um, in the end, did you did you do you think it was worth it? Um, it depends on if you're talking about from like a strictly fantasy perspective, or if you're talking about from a kind of like psychological slash emotional perspective. If, if you knew what was going to happen beforehand, would you would have I, made your bench boost? No, I would not have. Okay. Um, and so I, I did it. I made some moves to bring in um, some new people. There are people I wanted to bring in anyway, like Phil Foden. I really okay. wanted in my team. Okay. Um, okay. I brought in Callum Wilson um, and uh, who else? Uh, Ollie Watkins um, because I had some, some people I needed to shift off. Um, okay. So I didn't like make moves specifically for bench boost. Although I, I had that kind of in the back of my mind as I was doing it. Um, yeah. And I thought I would get, you know, some extra points to kind of pad things out. I thought it would be more than five total points, which is what I ended up with from mm. from the three games <laughs> that were played from my three or my two <laughs> players. Um, yeah. So, so I I don't think it paid off from a fan- fantasy perspective. Um, from an emotional perspective, I think it did, just because I I have a history of like um, kind of forgetting about some of the the chips until later in the season. Um, and then like not being able to use them very effectively. Okay. So I wanted to ward against that. Yeah. Um, and so I figured I would just go ahead, get it done with on this double game week. Um, 
get a couple of extra points knowing that you know at least my backup goalkeeper my yeah my other goalkeeper wasn't going to play because he's the backup to my starting goalkeeper and then um that ben johnson even though he's played some was likely not going to get much playing time um so from that perspective i'm glad to have it over with so that i just don't have it doesn't have to factor into my thinking anymore it's probably not not a very good long-term strategy but that's kind of where i'm at yeah it could have been it could have come off better for you um it just didn't Uh, i mean had you got had you even gotten 10 points i i think i would have considered that a success yeah. Um, especially if you're just wanting to, you want to play it, get it over with. You don't want to think about it. Cause I do understand that sometimes these chips, um, they're really not that great, to be honest. <laughs> they're not gonna, unless you hit a triple captain, um, none of the chips are really, they're not like game changers. I mean, if you get 20 points off of a chip, that's incredible. And, um, in 20 points in the long run, we're going to get close to 2000 points. Most of us. So that's only like 10% of your, is that 10? No, it's like 1% of your points. So it's like, this ends up not being that big of a deal, but um, three points, obviously not great, but uh, at least you have it. You've played, you've played it. You don't have to worry about it. Um, Doesn't have to factor in your thinking. Yeah. Yeah. So it is, it is nice to play it and be done with it. I think the thing I'm more upset about than the bench boost is that now, like, is I'm a little bit mad at myself for using so many transfers just because, mm. not because of the my place in the league table, but because I am going to have to make some transfers now this week. Um, oh. And I would like to have to, like, I'm probably going to have to ship uh, Jamie Vardy. Um, what happened? Did he hurt? He, uh, this says he has a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, oh, he's that's like, old. Uh, yeah, seriously. That's more specific than the Premier League website usually is. So I'm inclined to trust them on that. But uh, who knows? But it says it says on here he's supposed to be back on the 13th of February, which would be two game weeks. Um, yeah, not worth it. Not worth yeah. it to hold on to him. You know. And he's an expensive player. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna drop him and pick up Harry Kane. That's kind of already what. Oh I man. Um, yeah, that's perfect. So that's, that's not a big deal, but I wish I could make a couple of other quick moves. Like I I've been thinking yeah. about maybe, and I think we'll probably talk about Sala and yeah. what do about Liverpool, but um, that's something that's in the back of my mind too. Well, here's, so here's the thing. I think um, I don't know what direction you, cause now we're just in the, in the weeds. Yeah, we're just going to go all in. I don't know what, where you want to go with this, but that sounds perfect. Just, just, just in general. Um, I think most people are kind of feeling the same way you are um even if people that even people that had like huge points hits i mean um, huge points totals um i still feel like the general consensus in fpl world is my team isn't that great yeah Um, maybe maybe it's not that maybe people are thinking that but i don't think that that is accurate i think what what we're seeing is um things are very much in flux at the moment um and so there's not like a huge selection of players that are playing very consistently. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yes, a lot of people are, are, are seeing their squad and being like, I have so many, I have so much money built up in some of these players like Salah and uh, Fernandez, Rashford, De Bruyne, who's hurt now. And, um, you know, there's like so many players that just 
aren't really performing as highly as you think they would be. Um, and so I think everyone's kind of in this place of, I want to transfer out a lot of players. Um, but at the same time, who are you going to bring in? So yeah, there's really not that many to choose from <laughs> that, you know? Um, so I, I understand your sentiment, um, but just if I could console you and comfort you, it's, uh, it, it's, in that, it's in that most people are feeling the same way. So um, don't feel that it's necessarily unique to your team because I'm definitely feeling that way as well. Um, and initially I thought I'm going to take hits. I'm going to bring out, I'm going to take out players. I'm going to bring in players that I want. Um, but I'm trying to calm myself down and, and trying to play the long game. Yeah. My team is fine for the, for the coming week. Obviously there's players that I would rather have, but there's always going to be players I'd rather have. Um, and I'm trying to play the long game, hold it out, trying not to make any rash decisions um, to take too many hits because you did it last week and you're still in the same position of, I want different players. Totally. So I am going to try to learn from you and not make that mistake for the following game week. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Um, you, you touched on it a little bit, but um, what are you thinking about? Cause you remind me, do you have Salah on your team or not? I sure do. You do. Okay. What are you going to do yeah. about him? You have Salah yeah. and Fernandez. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Yeah um Salah is staying I'm not I'm not moving him okay no is that is that because the natural move if you already have Fernandez would be De Bruyne and De Bruyne is injured um that's uh well I hadn't thought of it like that but I think that's a good point um that would probably be my like second or third line of reasoning for keeping him um that's a good point yeah there's really nowhere else to go and I already have like I have Rashford, Fernandez, and Son. Um, so there's no good like for like, and De Bruyne is hurt. So there's no good like for like that I would that I could go with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing that I could do is maybe downgrade him and upgrade Bamford or um, Calvert Lewin to Kane, which mm-hmm. I could do. Um, but I don't want to do like I want I want Kane, but it's not worth risking. Um, Salah. So um, in my mind, the first line of reasoning for me is um, is I he's not the worst player in my team right now. Right. So I'm not going to get rid of him. There like there are other things that I I need to do first. Yeah. If that makes sense. Either there's other players I need to get rid of, or there's other players that I need to bring in before I even focus on his spot. So. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not worried about it. Uh, obviously, they're in a dip in form. Um, they look. They look. I haven't really watched them, but their results are less than impressive. Yeah, so, they're not. They're not good. So I don't know. Um, I mean, if you want to talk about Liverpool, we can do that now. But I'm definitely not getting rid of um, my Liverpool asset. Um, I think maybe if you have more than one Liverpool asset, then it might be worth considering. Um, it just kind of depends on who they are. Yeah. Um, but I think if you have Salah, you hold him. If you have Mane, you hold him. If you have both, eh, you probably don't want both. They're not scoring that many. Yeah. Um, and if you have a defender, you might want to hold on to him. But if you could easily go to a city defender, that's what I would do. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I have Liverpool assets. Um, 
I have Salah and Robertson. So I'm planning to keep Robertson. Yeah. Um, he's just one of those players that I um I tend to like to to hold on to because he I find he gets me more points than I usually expect him to. Um yeah. just because they keep so many clean sheets and then he'll you know within that- the occasional cross. And so I feel pretty good about that. I don't see I don't think they're defense is necessarily worse than it typically is even though they're a little bit light on center central defenders um so i feel okay about robertson the Salah one is really the one that i'm considering personally because mm-hmm. i don't have fernandez um so a move from Salah to fernandez makes sense for me i think yeah i think that's an interesting um an interesting transfer and that would give me the the option to upgrade another midfielder um, which I think I want to do anyway. So, yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, because United play Sheffield and Liverpool play Spurs. Um, I mean, it's hard to predict anything, but based on previous form, you would think that that Spurs Liverpool game will probably be pretty. Um, I don't know. I, it just seems like Liverpool will probably dominate the ball but Spurs will hold it together enough to trouble um, a pretty out of form front three from Liverpool. And so, you know, they're just going to Spurs are just going to park it, try to counter. That's what it's going to be all game. So yeah, it seems like it'll be, it seems kind of predictable, but again, you can't predict it. Not this season. So yeah, I don't know. I, I think that's an interesting transfer for you. Um, I think I would probably do it honestly after this week though, because my, my main priority would be subbing out Jamie Vardy for Harry Kane. I got you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then I I might wait on Salah this week. And if it continues to be a problem, then, then do the switch. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Interesting. Um, Another kind of question about a specific player that affects quite a few people in our league is, um, what do you think about KDB and possible moves That's around re- replacements for things yeah. to do with that situation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, man, that's tough. Um, so obviously KDB is hurt, so you're looking to transfer him out. Um, and it's have, it's like four to six weeks, is what Pep said. Yeah, I think I think if you have him, I don't envision a scenario where he's not your number one transfer out you know he's like mm-hmm. the biggest the biggest red flag um the biggest problem in your team is probably kdb if you have him so um gosh i mean again there's not that many players to choose from i would say fernandez is probably the one to go to just because mm-hmm. united are in decent form um and they have sheffield next so yeah um, plan it plan it pretty immediate but um if if you're going for a like for like that's what i would do now um another thing that you could do is maybe downgrade de bruyne to someone like Grealish if you don't have him or son if you don't if for god knows why you don't have (laughs) um then i would pick him up um if you have the money, you could trend, you could bring in Salah. Although I don't know if I would bring in Salah right now. Yeah. Um, so the only other thing I, I would 
suggest doing is if you don't have Kane, maybe um, figuring out a way to double move De Bruyne and turn him into Kane. Yeah. Um, those would be, those are probably some things that I'm thinking that I would be thinking about. What, or do you have any other suggestions for that for KDB? Um, no, I think that those are all good suggestions. And especially if you're trying to, if you're thinking primarily about um, like what to do with the cash that you might get from uh, subbing him out, I think that's the way to go. Um, the other thing I would say is that um, just from a kind of Manchester City team perspective, I think this is a great time to pick up Phil Foden. Um, hmm. That Tell me more about that because you're you're really high on him right now. Yes, so he played lights out over the past two games and was extremely unlucky not to score more points. Um, okay, like hit the posts a couple times, basically set up goals but didn't get credited for the assist because it was you know um, an earlier pass. Um, he's just playing really really well, and with KDB out, I think he's is the one of the natural fits. Obviously, they've got you know, Gundogan and other people. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't like Gundogan that much. At least, <laughs> at least not in the KDB position. I feel like Phil Foden is a little bit more dynamic there. Yeah. I love that Gundogan just like very clearly seems to know his role in the team, which is like the guy, <laughs> the guy who like doesn't do anything like spectacularly, but does almost everything very well. Yeah. he Yeah. He's an interesting character. Um, Okay. Yeah, no, that's an interesting shout because if you, if you bring in Foden, who is, I guess, given, because normally Foden is like a pick that you're not expected to get many points or excuse me, not expected to get many minutes. Um, But I guess with KDB out, if he's taking KDB's position, which KDB normally has that position on lock every single game. So if they don't really have other players to fill his position, it's going to be Foden probably every game, um, but you never know with Pep. I, I mean, I still think that he's probably going to try to rotate some, um, yeah. but I think Phil Foden will probably still get a decent amount of minutes just because, you know, there, there's less selection. So I think that's a good shout, um, especially because he's pretty cheap and that would immediately allow you to upgrade elsewhere, like bringing in a city defender which is something I'm pretty high on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, or again, upgrading from one of your forwards to Kane. Um, you know, if, if that allows you to do that. So yeah, no, I think that's a pretty interesting, pretty interesting move. Now, I guess, you know, city really aren't scoring a ton. Oh, but uh, dude, I just looked at the, they've got West Brom and Sheffield, their next two games. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah no, that's, that's could, good. It, could, it could be a series <laughs> of bloodbaths. And then Burnley it after that. It, it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could be. No, those are three really good fixtures. So, yeah, I think if they're going to, they're going to score goals, surely it'll be in this run, you know? Yeah. They'll and at Phil- least have four or five goals. Phil Foden is only 6.3. Yeah. And I think a lot of that is just due, as you were saying, to the uncertainty about the number of minutes he will actually play. And I think this is as good a time as any in terms of how many minutes he'll play. So, And it's a good time to take a risk on him too because because there's not many players that are um, like so solid and consistent. Like you're not going to miss out. It doesn't look like you're going to miss out very much. Um, 
and it now's a good time to take a risk is what I'm saying, because everything's kind of up in the air. Um, and there's no like set template midfield, like there had been like a month ago, two months mm-hmm. ago. Um, now you can kind of take a puntier pick and, uh, and it could pay off. So yeah, no, I like that. I like that shout. I think I like it, especially not to like dictate how specific people play, but I, I like that move for, um, Wyatt in particular. Because he's got Ferran Torres, he's got Ferran Torres in his midfield yeah. right now. And yes, Ferran Torres is more expensive than Phil Foden. Yeah, bring in Foden. Yeah, that's what that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, man. Well, Wyatt, Wyatt, you heard it. <laughs> Wyatt's got a great team. He's got both Ben Chilwell and James Justin in the back. Uh, wow, pretty spectacular. Jeez, yeah, I know. But he also has he's he's a Chelsea true believer. He's <laughs> he really he, is. He continues to hold Christian Pulisic and Timo Werner, which I have mad respect for. And I think wow, I think if, if they if they just like, uh, let's see who have they got this week. Oh, they've got Wolves this week. Wolves are playing terribly. You could totally yeah see quite a few goals. And if they score points this weekend, you are going to look like a genius, and everyone else is going to look like a chump. So. That's true. That's true. But if they continue to be piss poor, then it doesn't look good. Yeah. I think, I think that that Frank Lampard move is going to happen soon. You think? Uh, well, oh, man. Uh, so, like, I keep seeing headlines like, um, here's who's in the next, like, here's, in, who, here's who's in the running for the Lampard job. And it's like, he hasn't even been sacked yet. Yeah. So it's like, who's, who's, con- like, are they, are they already making a list of uh, of managers to choose? I think they probably uh, are. I mean, I think they probably are too. But like, how? I mean, how soon are they ready to sack him? I I feel like they're going to give him a little bit more time. That's just me. Um, yeah, I think that's possible. I think I, honestly, if I were them, I would unless things got drastically bad. Me personally, I would keep him to the end of the season, and then I know we've already discussed this. But um, they should definitely bring in Ralph Possenfugel. Yeah, dude. And that man is totally jonesing for that job. Well, uh, here's the thing. Yes. So, so we're going to go off on a tangent here. But anyway, so yes. So I, the more I think about it, the more I like that move. Also, because didn't he work with Timo Werner? Yes. Um, at RB Leipzig. So, yeah, did, did you see what he said about Timo Werner too? This is why I said didn't he's like, he didn't he say something about he's not being used in the right position? Yeah, he was like giving yeah. he was literally giving Frank Lampard advice on how to like coach Timo Werner, which oh, I've, I've he, never that was I've never heard anything more thirsty yeah. for for oh you yeah know, getting that he, job. Yeah, he wants he wants it. And here's the thing: I saw another headline about um, I think a couple names that they were looking at. Um, or a couple of managers that were being thrown around for the job if Lampard gets sacked are a couple of like German um, German uh, Bundesliga managers that are kind of uh, I guess similar styles um, yeah there's a couple of, of so, really good ones right now God, I, I think would I think I think Hassenhudel would be a good pick I think it would be a good fit totally I mean, I think that's like, that's got to be your number one if you're, if you're the Chelsea, right? Got any brains. But if you could get 
Mark, so Marco Rosa was probably on the list, I would think, from Borussia Mönchengladbach. Mm. Um, he's an incredible coach and was like a – he's kind of a Klopp disciple. Um, oh, okay, okay. Uh, he played for Klopp um, a long time ago, and Gladbach is playing really well. They beat Borussia Dortmund 4-2 a couple later yesterday, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Um, so I could totally see him – I bet they probably have Union Nargelsman, the Leipzig coach, on there. Although I don't, at this point, I don't think he would go there. I think he's probably got his sights set on a bigger job. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I hope they get Hassan Hudel. I think that would be awesome. God, that would be fun. Seriously. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of kind of questions, I just have a question for you as like an Everton fan, which is, do you know when we're getting DCL back? <laughs> um i think he is fit now i know he's he's um he's i don't been now, practicing yes i don't know if he's gonna start i haven't um oh what you can do is what i would i would i would do is um pay attention to to our um fa cup game um tomorrow on sunday so um Obviously, this will probably – I would imagine this comes out after Sunday. But anyway, on Sunday, January, whatever, 20, 24th, um, Everton play a, an FA Cup game. And if if I think if he gets minutes or if obviously if he starts, then that'll tell you. Mm-hmm. So um, keep an eye on that. That will, that will give you a hint. Um, I would imagine – I would imagine he starts against against Leicester, or at least gets minutes, because we don't have any other forward. Oh, Wobi is out now. Oh, is um, he really? That's such a yeah. shame, man. Luke, that guy's playing. I think, that guy's playing out of his uh, mind. I know, I know. Hopefully, it's hopefully it's something minor. Uh, I think Luca Dean is out again, um, which is unfortunate. <laughs> um, you, you guys can't keep defenders healthy. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, us in Liverpool, it must be something in the in the Mersey. literally all the the defenders are literally just going to the river and drinking the water (laughs) yeah and it's like cursing them or something yeah i don't know what it is um yeah it's a pretty unfortunate so i i would imagine dcl gets minutes if he's somewhat healthy because we're pretty much lacking in um in an attacking threat right now yep so with a wobi out um that, that doesn't look good because he's been playing well but yeah i'd imagine dcl gets minutes but just keep an eye on that fa cup game that'll help you yeah i noticed that you've kept him on your bench throughout his uh his injury process which well is well well here's the thing so um he was injured so i think he was only injured for the double game week right i don't I have was, no idea Actually, he might have been injured the game week before, which I free hit on. So um, so I couldn't get rid of him there because I free hit. Well, I mean, I did get rid of him, but he had to come back. And so I ended up – I was thinking about getting rid of him for the double game week, but um, I decided to make a, a goalie transfer instead because mm. I because I didn't know if my goalie was going to play. So I figured I'd rather have 11 starters than – to transfer some stupid ass forward in for Calvert Lewin. Yeah. So that's what I did. Um, and I mean, Everton ended up not having a game during the double game week anyway. So um, I don't know. 
it is what it is. But yeah, I've I've held on to him. I don't know what I'm going to do with him. I'm probably going to play him against Leicester, um, and I'm probably going to roll my transfer, and I will figure it out later. So that's kind of what I'm thinking, to be honest. Gotcha. Hopefully, that- if I could transfer, if I could, if I could somehow get Kane in, I probably would. Yeah, this but, is a great. I, yeah, it's a great time to to bring Kane in just because he's one of the few certains at the moment. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So from my perspective, there are kind of a couple of other things I wanted to point out about like teams as they intersect with um fantasy. One is uh, I think it's worth noting that Ross Barkley is back playing for Aston Villa. Um. Yeah. Which I think improves an already good team um like a team that was playing pretty well without him and um so like ollie watkins scored today i believe off of a ross barkley assist or at least he was involved um yeah and so i brought in watkins this past week and i i think that not to like say that the the transfers that i brought in are are like particularly good but um i think it's a nice time to have an a villa attacker um, cause he, he brings so much to that team. Yeah. Maybe that's where you go with DCL. If you really don't want him anymore. Um, you could maybe go Watkins. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, it's kind of tricky with Watkins. Um, I don't really know what to make of him. Yeah, me neither. But it, but it is interesting that Ross Barkley is back. I think everyone's kind of keen on how that affects things again. Cause they looked incredible um while he was in the side um when they beat liverpool 7-2 and they were just rolling they were cruising um but yeah i, I think it's some, definitely something to keep an eye on i don't think ross barkley will ever be someone to pick up um but i'm hoping that that makes jack Grealish a little bit better too yeah no i, I think yeah. it totally will yeah i mean if they have i mean jack Grealish gets man marked doubled up all the time so if ross barkley's in the side he can try to create some as well um i mean you kind of saw this with el ghazi you know um where when you know el ghazi had that run of form uh jack didn't jack Grealish didn't really have much at all but right it kind of makes sense because if he's getting double teamed and he's you know teams are really focusing on him other players are going to be um hopefully picking up the slack, they'll at least be open, you know? So I'm wondering if Ross Barkley will kind of open things up a little bit more, um, provide another creative outlet, and then maybe teams will have to kind of play a little bit more um, true to, instead of just, instead of just teaming up on Jack and then, you know, and then that's how you defeat Aston Villa. So yeah, hopefully it makes things a little bit more dynamic with them, but um yeah, it was nice to see that they won uh, 2-0 against Newcastle. So um, definitely keeping Jack Grealish around, and hopefully Ross Barkley helps um, bring him in some points. Yeah. Also, a big shout-out to Tim, um, the crumbs team, for starting Bertrand Traore. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Who had, who had Yeah, I know. Seriously, that's like some serious global brain. Um he's playing like lights out right now the best i've ever seen him play um so having him at this particular moment um in addition to having john stones makes uh 
Tim just seem kind of totally Pep Guardiola level right now. Um, yeah. It's also worth noting that Tim had the league high 85 points with two zeros in his starting 11. Oh, oh my God. Incredible. He could have had a hundred points. He easily could have had a hundred points. Yeah. Anyway, I have, um, I have a question unless yeah. you want to go somewhere specific. Nope. Give it. Um, another team that I've been, that I think is maybe, um, I don't know if it's a it's a if it's a blind spot for me or not. Well, I think it typically is, but I think it's fine that they're a blind spot because they're typically not that great. Um, what do you, and also let me preface this again by saying you have um, you have been able to assess teams this year pretty well. I would say um, early on you were definitely letting me know that De Bruyne was not a good pick and that City's um, offensive threat was lacking um and they weren't looking as good um and then um you know with Chelsea it's kind of been back and forth but I feel like you have a pretty good read on teams for the most part so what do you think about West Ham ah that's a great question um I what do you think about them in general and then like are, are there any fantasy assets worth picking for them I mean, I don't watch a lot of West Ham games, so I don't know that I can really like speak to um, like the the team from a kind of eye test perspective. Um, I know that I've been very happy with my West Ham asset, uh, Suchek, um, yeah. who I think is just a very interesting player, probably on a, a team that is uh, – of a lower quality than he is. And that's always something to look out for. Um, uh, I think, I know there are some other assets that are really paying off from West Ham, like Cresswell right now, right. Is like um, among the top defenders in the league um, scored uh, uh, quite a few points over the double game week. So I think there are particular assets. I'm trying to think of other, Antonio. Mikel Antonio, yeah. Um he had um he had a goal in each game, right? Yeah. Did he did he really well? Yeah. Okay. Then I don't know what his what his value is. Um and he had all hold up. He had three bonus points in both of those games. Wow. <laughs> so like man. That's wild. So I mean I, I think it's great. I think they they're definitely like winning games like one nothing one or two one um they're not like blowing teams out and scoring a lot of points but they're also not giving up a lot of goals and so i i would probably incline toward if i were pick thinking about picking up a west end player getting a defender or a midfielder rather than i assume antonio uh, qualifies as a forward um, yeah i think yeah i think pretty sure he is um I just don't know you can count on them scoring that many goals, but I think they're more yeah. likely to keep more clean sheets, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I mean, their next run of fixtures is Palace, Liverpool. Uh, Palace, Liverpool. Palace, Liverpool, Aston Villa, and then uh, Fulham. So not bad. They've got, you know, those three out of four are winnable. And I would say... Honestly, I think they're uh, clean, 
cleanable. Um, yeah. And I think they could score in those three as well. So, like, those are three good games for them, honestly. They're playing well. They're, like, seventh or something in the league. So, uh, which I guess that really – that's not a good um, measure this year. But um, but, but they've been consistent. Yeah, they've been, I feel like they've been, they've been, they've been, they've been like, pretty consistent. Yeah. Pretty consistent, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess as consistent as you can be. Obviously, they have um, – you know, they have a couple of times where they've fallen off a little bit, but um, they've been more consistent than other than other teams. Yeah, well, I would say I would say the most consistent team this year is Sheffield, but um, yeah, West Ham, West Ham <laughs> just consistently absolutely atrocious. Yes, yeah. Um, but no, I think I don't know. I, it's definitely something I'm going to be thinking about. I'm not like rushing to bring in a West Ham player, but I'm keeping an eye on West Ham and trying to tell myself that no they're winning games they are scoring a goal or two every game um, for the most part so is there something there um so i'm just trying to keep my eye out for them um maybe you know maybe that's just something that you do as you over the next couple weeks just keep an eye on them see how they do against palace and liverpool and if they play well against those games maybe think about bringing somebody in so i might we'll just see what happens totally I think maybe the thing that I'm looking forward to most over the next couple weeks is <laughs> who in our uh, in our league flinches first and picks up Edison Cavani. Wow, yeah, because it's know. gonna someone's gonna do it here pretty soon. I feel like. Yeah, I feel like somebody probably will. Somebody will take the risk, and you know who I'm. You know who I, I'm. I feel like you can't really bet on this because I could easily like. I don't know. I feel like anybody can bring him in just to like prove me right or wrong. Or right. Whatever. But, um, my guess is that Tim will bring in Cavani. It just seems like such a Tim move. Yes. A hundred percent. It just seems like such a Tim move. Um, Not only because like, I know that Tim is a Spurs supporter and like fully stand behind that, but Tim feels to me like a Manchester United supporter. <laughs> He has that energy about him. And this is not a bad thing. This is... Um, I he does have that energy, doesn't he? This is sort of the fact that, like, um, Tim, I think, pays... And I think he would uh, say this as well. Pays more attention to other sports than to soccer. Um, and Manchester United are great at just, like, bringing in those big dollar signings. And I, I think that those like kinds of the Jaden Sancho's, the Edison Cavani's, um, yeah. those that those people would uh, appeal to to Tim. So, Tim, if you're listening, uh, I know you're a Spurs fan, but if you want to, you know, tie uh, your colors to the mast of Manchester United, um, I think it might be a good idea. It would be a good fit. You'd be a great be a good fit. a good fit. Um, but yeah, I am interested to know who picks up Cavani first yeah um i i want to say something about a player on your team if you don't mind go for it which is that i don't know why you still have alioski in your team <laughs> well i just picked him up not too long ago actually really i saw a stat yeah. i was watching one of the leeds games i don't remember which one um which one was it actually now that I think about it. oh it was the brighton game the leeds brighton game that they lost one nothing um and they are like either 19th or 20th in like yeah. almost every defensive stat. 
um, yeah. in terms of like shots against, uh, goals conceded, um, shots on target conceded, all these different metrics. And so I, I, and I understand that a leads defender, the value of a leads defender lies in their attacking potential. Um, yes. But I think it might not be worth it. Well, I am, I want him to be on my bench. Oh, I don't want to, I don't want him to be a starter. Um, okay. I didn't bring, I didn't bring him in to be a starter. I brought him in. Honestly, I brought him in because I needed a 4.5 defender. Um, I guess I brought him in about two or three weeks ago and I knew that they, well, they were, they had scheduled um, two fixtures for, they were scheduled to be a double game week team. Um, so I brought him in with, you know, that in mind. I was like, I'm going to bring him in. He's going to be like first or second on my bench. He's a reliable starter. That's all I want for that position. Um, so if he comes off the bench, whatever. Um, but I don't want him to start, but I will start him during the double game week. Um, cause they had Brighton and then someone else, um, that didn't pan out. So kind of sucks to suck, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm not really kind of tied to it. I just don't know where else I'd go to be honest. Um, as far as 4.5 defenders, because I have Kinsello and Dyer who are going to start every week for the most part. Yeah, I've got Charlie Taylor when he's fit, he's going to play. Got Walker Peters that I would probably play before Alioski. So, yeah, I'm not. I don't really see him as a starter. Okay, that makes more sense. It just happened. It just happened to be that. Um, yeah, I kind of got stuck with him. Because, totally. yeah, I don't know because of uh circumstances yeah i brought him in for the double and then he ended up not doubling so it just is what it is so i'm gonna i actually i might end up having to let's see do i have to do i have to play him i don't think i do no i'm not yeah i'm not starting him he's coming first off my bench this this next week so gotcha yeah that which is probably where he'll stay assuming charlie taylor from burnley is fit yeah although they do have newcastle um during the next game week which might be enticing I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I'd still rather have a Burnley defender. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you? So did you watch any of um, the Liverpool game? No, I didn't. They looked. I mean, so good defensively. Like, they just, that, just a that's pleasure. Just their thing. Yeah, a pleasure to watch those two like lines of four just like move as if they're just one. You know, one being. Yeah, yeah. That's just their. That's just their thing, man. Like that's why I'm not. That's why I want the Burnley defender. I feel like I feel like they started out pretty poor, and then they've really like kind of shaped back up again. They're kind of like the they're kind of like the Burnley that we are used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Yeah, it's good that they're kind of back in defensive form, and they look good. I just hope Charlie Taylor's fit. Um, but yeah, no, they're, they're an interesting, interesting team. Good, cheap defenders. They're always trying to keep it clean. So it's nice. Yeah, totally. Um, are there other like players or teams or things either kind of in the league generally or fantasy wise that are interesting to you right now? Yes. The one thing that I haven't mentioned yet <clears throat> is probably at the top of my list, honestly, maybe it's kind of up there with bringing in Kane but Kane is a little bit harder to bring in um so probably at the top of my list is bringing in another city defender okay 
so I'll probably bring in Diaz, Diash, um, Diaz. I don't know, Diash, um, or I don't know about John Stones. He's cheaper, so I could bring him in. Um, but Diaz, is it Diaz? I I don't know. I think it probably depends on whether, uh, you know, you're Catalonian or not. Anyway, his first name's Ruben, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, Ruben. I'm going to call him Ruben. Um, I'll probably, I'm going to try to bring in Ruben, maybe John Stones. That's what I would like to do. Having, God, having two city defenders sounds great. Yeah. Honestly, honestly, might as well have three. Um, because they just look they're the best defense in the league i think totally i think yeah if you were able to bring in you know stones or someone um for that uh yeah like i'm just looking at a back line that includes cancelo for you cancelo uh eric dyer and stones and that sounds really good or Diaz. yeah right right and i don't know i might have to I don't know. Should I get rid of... I'm kind of thinking about turning Dyer into a city defender. What do you think about that? What do you think about Spurs? Um, I, think I feel so. like they just kind of floated into nothingness. Like, no one's exactly. talking about them right now. No, totally. I think that's totally true. And I think that's exactly, at least this year, that's where pe- that's when people have flourished. Is like when they kind of drop off the radar a little bit. Um, Interesting. that is kind of true isn't it and that's kind of why we've had such a kind of like whack-a-mole situation at the top is like people will disappear then they'll start to play well and then they'll get back up to the top then they'll get whacked back down and then they'll start to play well again so i just thinking about it kind of in those cyclical terms i think this is a good time to have a spurs player um and i think eric dyers are like for the value um or for the money, I think he's great value. So I, I would think about keeping him. That would be, that would be even, my counsel, even, even with Liverpool, Brighton, Chelsea, West Brom, City. So they I, have Liverpool, Chelsea, and City in the next five. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair. I, I think maybe in my own mental calculus, uh, fixtures has gone down in importance over the past couple of weeks. Um, okay just because of how unpredictable games are so yeah and i guess that liverpool game could they could be a clean because liverpool just i don't know yeah it's like crisis in the liverpool attack right now yeah i feel like they're not playing i mean it wouldn't surprise me honestly if liverpool score three against spurs um i i get it i don't know i think it would be against obviously it would be against their run of form but it wouldn't necessarily just surprise me. Does that make sense? No, totally. Um, but it also wouldn't surprise me if they don't score. Totally. So yeah, I guess I, that is a little bit different um, this time around right now. Who? So this is um, a more general question. From a narrative perspective, who would you rather win, Spurs or Liverpool? Oh, oh, Spurs, of course. I mean, no, no, subtracting your... Oh, your, okay, your, okay, okay, okay. Your, uh, you know, biases. Um, from a narrative standpoint. Yeah. Gosh, well, I need to look at the table. Let me hold up. So Spurs, the table. Spurs are in like sixth right now. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe. No, they're in fifth. fifth. They're in fifth. 
and Liverpool are in fourth. Um, on where are the points? Good lord, all the way over there. Okay, 34 33. Wow, Spurs are only one point behind Liverpool. Um, geez, United is at 40. I know. Um, I, I would probably say, um, I'd probably say Spurs because, um, from a narrative standpoint, I know. I just, I just know Spurs are going to drop points against other teams. Liverpool look like have been doing it too, but I think Liverpool will. They just don't look as shaky as Spurs sometimes, you know. Yeah. Spurs, Spurs can just fall off a cliff sometimes. Um, whereas Liverpool, they drop in form, but they don't look. And even though they might be in crisis mode, they don't look like. They don't look as bad as maybe the worst Spurs form in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion. So I'd, I think I'd rather have Spurs win. Um, that way I know that there's a little bit, I, that way I know they're at least going to be in the fight for things um, for a little bit longer. Yeah. I think from my perspective, I'd rather see Liverpool Spurs. win. No, I think I'd, I'd rather see Spurs win actually. Mm. Um, I just, I, I think I like that Spurs team a lot more than perhaps even some Spurs fans do. Um, I'm thinking about, you know, some of the anti-Mourinho stuff I've been seeing in Slack recently. Um, yeah. yeah. And I just, I just like that team. And I, I like watching that style of play, the kind of like sit back and hit them on the counter style. I, I recognize that it's pretty boring, but just for whatever reason, I, I enjoy watching it. So I, I want to see Spurs do well, and I would like them to win that game. Yeah, I think I think me too, yeah. Uh, also, it would be nice to get them back up there towards the top, fighting for a fighting for the title. Also, uh, 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 if Spurs won the title this season, that would be amazing. Yeah, that I would, would be awesome. That. Yeah, I think I would like that too. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I would like that more than – yeah, I would rather Spurs win than Liverpool City – united yeah so i would rather tottenham win so come on you spurs yeah um a team that we haven't talked about yet but um not that we're like talking about each team but i think yeah. we, should, we should mention that uh some big transfer news has been that uh meza Erzl is no longer in the premier league um big got, news yeah found uh, a way out to uh, Fernabache in Turkey. So congratulations to good for him. To Mesut Erzul for that. I think we're all just glad he to... is going to soar. I hope, man. Just can you imagine though? Like I... the next, the next like two seasons are just going to be pure like spite performance. You know? Oh, he's going to play so well, man. Just to he's just to piss so off good. Arsenal. That's the thing is like he's good. <laughs> I just don't understand like what has happened with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i it's... think i think he's gonna do well we'll see he might fall off a cliff i don't know but i'm kind of surprised he didn't go to china i feel like that's like you know i feel like um dude he's like that's like the that's the geopolitical angle he can't go to china oh yeah because he he criticized their oh yeah uh, their labor practices with, <laughs> i forgot uh, about that yeah that's not i forgot about that yeah that's not yeah but i feel like that league would have been ideal for him kind of like a star that had fallen off but people know the name um 
kind of like well i guess mls was kind of that way too but there's no way he was coming to mls totally i think if that if it weren't for the um the situation with china i think that would be the like absolutely the yeah. place for Urzel. yeah yeah totally i think so too um i did want to also mention i think this is going to be really interesting is that in getting rid of you know a kind of attacking midfield player in meza Urzel, um at the same time this is not the deals aren't related but they brought in martin odegaard on a on a loan from real madrid who did um uh, arsenal Oh man, yeah, we were we were linked with him too. I think. Oh really? Yeah, I was hoping we'd get him, but that I think. But here's the thing: I think we get thrown out um, for a lot of stuff, especially for teams like Arsenal. Um, it, actually, it's been a lot with lot with Arsenal lately because I think Arsenal um, are like one. I guess as they're seen as like one step above Everton as far as like club size. And stature, yeah. Um, in my mind, they're like a level up, just because they were a traditional top six. Even though they suck, they're a traditional like top six team. But because they suck, it kind of brings them down. So they're like right above Everton. So it's like players get linked with Arsenal and Everton, but they but the reason that that happens is because the agents are probably like linking them with Everton, knowing that like that's a fairly comparable fit. Yeah, and they're just trying to bump up the price or whatever. So um, that happens a lot. So it wouldn't surprise me if we weren't actually informed that that um, intensely. But that's interesting. Yeah, because um, he was like he was like a wonderkind for a while, right? Yeah. So he's he's Norwegian, and when he played yeah. in Norway, he was just like yeah, like you were saying, a kind of wonderkind and um, the kind of like you know, seventeen year old everyone wanted to sign. Um, and then he went to Real Madrid and really fell off a cliff for a while and yeah. is kind of now getting back into it. And so he's like playing really well now and playing consistently, yeah. but for a while there he wasn't. So I think it's a really, really interesting pickup for Arsenal. I think will be really good for them, honestly. Yeah, I, I, that, that is pretty exciting. I'm excited to see how he does there. Because um, like that's he, he's a very, when he's playing well, is a very creative player. And that's just like so that's what they need. obviously what they need. Yeah. Oh yeah. God. They need that so bad. Um. <laughs> so, yeah, I will say just from an Arsenal perspective, like I know there's lots of things not to like about them at the moment, but it looks better. Yeah. And the fact that the met that the kind of um, upper management is actually like seeing and responding to these problems rather than just, yeah, kind of trying to sign the hottest new player from the Bundesliga or something like I I really think that's positive for them you mean like Manchester United does exactly yeah good god and now I I think I saw something about correct me if I'm wrong um because uh they signed Van de Beek right yeah isn't he like looking for a way out now I don't know I haven't seen that I think He's not getting played. Like he's not really playing. He was like, I just don't understand what they. Man, they are so messed up. So if I had to, if I had to put a logic to it, I think Van de Beek was signed as a Paul Pogba replacement, and then Pogba <laughs> stayed. Yeah, with the idea that um, Paul Pogba would be leaving, 
Um, yeah, and he will like, be. I think he will be leaving at the end of the season. I don't. I don't know, man. I. I think if they continue to play well and finish, you know, top two or three, <laughs> he might stay. Maybe, I, I, th- I think it would be awesome. I think. I think uh, if he yeah. stayed another year, they would be very, very good. He's great. He's a good player. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what he's gonna do. I mean, this is gonna. This is like almost LeBron James level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is because at, because at some po- point he's got to make up his mind instead of just keeping everybody waiting. Yeah. Because there's like you have to think about where he would go, and it's like. Yeah. The only places know. the only places I think he would go would be either Real Madrid or Juventus. Yes. No, I think PSG. PSG. Yeah. I mean, oh, I think, I think, I Could think you imagine PSG with Paul Pogba. Paul I don't Pogba. know who he would replace, but I think it, I think it could totally happen. PSG like appears to be willing to spend just like whatever it takes to get Dude. whoever they want right wow. now. So, cause they have Neymar Mbappe. They have um, Moise King. Maybe you yeah. might say, and then Paul Pogba would come in and they have, um, I think Idrissa Gay is still there. I don't know if he's their starting defensive midfielder anymore. Um, but, like, he's a solid player. Gosh, they could, like, just having Paul Pogba – just having Gay and then Paul Pogba in front of him because yeah. Gay is just, like, such a great tackler. He just, like, allows creative players to do what they want. And so, like, that's that. I feel like that would be perfect. Yeah, totally. I think, that, you, I, I think that's a good move. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. They would. They might have to offload one of those other players in order to be yeah. able to afford him. But who knows? Probably. I think. I think a Juventus move would be, would would make sense. I just don't think it's going to happen. Considering. Yeah, I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened a season or two ago when he, when it was like heavily linked. Yeah, totally. So that'll be really interesting. I really hope he stays. But. Um, but yeah. yeah, if he does stay, I want Van de Beek to go somewhere else. Good lord. What a waste of a transfer if Pogba stays. Yeah, I was listening. So I was listening to um, uh, the uh, Ringer FC podcast, the Stadio podcast, um, mm-hmm. which is fa- a fantastic podcast. Um, but they were talking about something that I hadn't thought about, but that is really interesting, which is all of the players who were kind of like young stars from the um, the Ajax team that went so far in the Champions League. Um, they're just like not playing well, and they're not getting much playing time. It's weird. Like Hakim Ziyech, uh, yeah, Frankie De Jong is like not playing particularly well. Uh, Matthias De Ligt at Juventus, and Donny Donny Van Der Beek. It's very uh, man, what if they had all stayed? <laughs> I know that would have been. I awesome. mean, well, I mean, I guess at some point it's like the whole season is pretty much moot because they're going to win the that league but then yeah. they're only play at that point they're only playing for champions league so it's like i understand why they wanted to move because they want to be competitive in, in another league at a top club and also play champions league so i get it but um imagine if they had all gone to like a different team together or something oh my gosh i would have loved that uh, if they had all gone to like barcelona had like when barcelona was like completely falling out had they been able to like secure like three or four of those players and just kind of completely renew their you know the barcelona squad that would have been awesome but yeah um yeah i don't know 
That sucks. That sucks. I, yeah, I mean, Ziyech, Ziyech, he's been playing some. I feel like he's also been a little bit hurt, too. Yeah. Right? He's, just, he's just not getting, in my mind, he's just not getting the playing time. Like, he just needs and to I, Frank Lampard needs to go. I am, <laughs> I am sick of him. He has no idea what to do. He, like, just play your best players. Yeah. Like, I just, like, play the best players in their positions. It's like, you, for half of a season now, you have not played Timo Werner in, like, a good role to, like, and, like, put other players around him to, like, help him at all. So then you had to revert back to, like, trying to figure out if Tammy Abraham could, like, renew something that he had last year. Or, and then, and then you know, you eventually throw in Giroud, who's a good player, and um, he's doing things, which is nice, but, like, he's not your long-term pick either, and he's not going to score that many goals. So it's like, man, I just wish Frank Lampard would just go. Get someone <laughs> else. Get a new brain in there. Yeah. Anyway, we don't have to talk about Chelsea anymore. All right. <laughs> what, what, what's, uh, what else do you want to talk about? I feel like we've covered a lot. I kind of like all of the talking points. Um, yeah. I think we've talked about everything I wanted to talk about. Yeah, I think so too. I guess bringing it back to fantasy. Um, so just to kind of, again, kind of recap the league, it seems like there's like three players up at the top, Jay Taylor and Spice that are fairly tight. Then it's me and Wyatt fighting between fourth and fifth. And then Tim's down there in sixth. So that's just kind of the way the league is shaping up. It's getting competitive up at the top, top three. Um, but I had a question for you. Hopefully you can comfort and console me now. Um, I, and this just is kind of a generic question for everyone. Um, so if you could give us some advice, Taylor here, how, how do you get excited about fantasy again and excited about your team again, given everything we've just talked about? Cause I want to, I want to get excited about it again, but it just feels black, but like, I know that I've got good picks. So how do I like, what do I focus on to, to ensure that I'm like, you know, enjoying the game? Yeah, man, that's such a good question. I mean, the main, the main thing, which is, I think something that is like pretty obvious, this is what I do is just like try to watch games that have my, um, my players in them. Like it's a pretty basic thing, but um, that's what keeps me excited um or one thing but i'm not watching that many games right now so that is not even terribly applicable to my situation at the moment well i I think but i think that i think that i think me and you are we both have expressed that we both don't like our teams or we're not like super excited about our fantasy teams but i think that's one reason is because we haven't been watching games yeah Um, totally so i think no i think that's a very good point i mean as soon as you said that i was like oh yeah i definitely need to be watching games again the problem is um is that you know they're taking place during the week when people are working and stuff so if you have like a typical like nine to five schedule it's kind of hard to squeeze in games but yeah um yeah no that's a good point hopefully i'm able to catch a game like on my lunch break or something yeah and and watch patrick bamford score against (laughs) uh, against newcastle oh golly that would be awesome that's a great like jersey matchup too (laughs) it is that's a good jersey matchup um okay but yeah well, i don't i don't know that's, that i that's good I, no that's I, a good I, but evan yeah, I, no, that's good advice i did um 
remember that there's something we've been remiss not to talk about so uh oh no 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 and that's that's uh our very own bruce matthews uh is going on and moving on in ah yes uh, premier league cup what a great way to end oh my goodness yes so he won again so that's the third game in a row and i did a little bit of math taylor hair um so the 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 fpl cup if you don't know again it's the head-to-head competition you get paired up with like a random person well it started out you had to qualify and it started out with like 4.1 million players well there are currently about 500 just over 500,000 left nice so it's going to keep going throughout the rest of the season but um our own our own william spicer the bruce matthews um you know, is in around the, you know, the top 500,000 players. So he only has to, to win every single head-to-head matchup for the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say winning three games in the cup is incredible. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever gone that far. I, I mean, yeah, I think I've maybe made it to the third game, but winning three games in a row, three head-to-head matches in a row is tough. Yeah. So congrats to the, to the Bruce Matthews, uh, you know, you're playing really well right now. So keep it up and hopefully you can uh, bring home the FPL cup to the, the corporate global workplace and throw it in our uh, trophy cabinet. Oh my gosh. The, the inaugural corporate global trophy. <laughs> yeah, for real. I don't think anyone has any trophies. Oh, of anything. I love the idea of just having a, a trophy. We should cab- have a, we should have a channel in Slack called the trophy, trophy <laughs> cabinet. And then, <laughs> And anytime anyone wins anything, whether it's like a stupid ass sweepstakes or something, or or like an actual trophy, we should throw that in there. That sounds amazing. I hope you make that channel tomorrow. Well, I don't know. I'll, well, I'll make it as soon as somebody wins something. Oh, that's true. The, <laughs> there's nothing sadder than an empty trophy. <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh, that's the name of this podcast episode. <laughs> nothing <laughs> sadder than an empty trophy cabinet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for real boy howdy um howdy okay uh any any final words anything we want to say before signing off um well my just my typical catchphrase have fun (laughs) y'all all right have fun y'all um with that we will see you next week bye bye bye